When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aquatic SCPs. Fear of deep water and the things that may lurk beneath an ocean's surface is a common enough phobia, and has been for quite a long time. Throughout history, humanity has told folk tales of gigantic sea monsters roaming the world's oceans, and this has pervaded much of modern fiction as well. From Leviathan to Cthulhu, we've been both fascinated and mystified by the depths of the sea. And as you might expect, the SCP universe is rife with aquatic horrors and anomalies. In fact, there are dozens of SCPs with the aquatic tag, and so this video will only look at a handful of the more interesting and popular ones, excluding ones I've already touched upon, like SCP-3000. One of the most basic but well-known aquatic SCPs is SCP-169, the Leviathan. 169 is a massive marine creature of unknown size that was first discovered by the Foundation after observing an archipelago that had shifted at least 3 kilometers from its original location. Further investigation revealed the archipelago to be the protrusions of rock-like plates that covered an enormous organic mass. The Foundation estimates that 169 is somewhere between 2,000 and 8,000 kilometers in length, but aside from that, they know very little about it. It seems to be adrift in the southern Atlantic Ocean, moving less than a kilometer per week, and it breathes once every few months, causing seismic tremors in the archipelago. The Foundation goes through their typical efforts to conceal awareness of 169, but the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in the U.S. managed to pick up an underwater sound that the Foundation believes was created by 169. The sound was leaked to the media, and is now pretty well known as the Bloop. Well, a nice little early SCP, but let's look at some weirder stuff. I haven't really discussed the odd group of interest known as Are We Cool Yet, but they're responsible for this next SCP, SCP-1057. Are We Cool Yet, like a handful of other groups of interest, are responsible for creating some anomalies, but their angle is that of anomalous artists. They create anomalies that are meant to be viewed as art pieces, often with a message or meaning behind them. This doesn't always mean the art pieces are safe, though. SCP-1057 is an empty space in the shape and size of an adult tiger shark. It displaces water as if there were a shark in the space, but insertion of objects into the space seem to reveal that there's nothing there, although this does anger 1057. Behaviorally, the empty space acts like a typical tiger shark, but any food it consumes disappears, except for the fluorescent dyes the Foundation feeds it, 
which outline a digestive and circulatory system. 1057 was first found in a public swimming pool after killing two swimmers and mutilating a lifeguard. Five other people were killed in the ensuing panic. Examination of the pool area afterwards by Foundation agents found a handwritten note on the bulletin board reading, Panic means that the idea of a shark can be more dangerous than an actual shark. It can even be more dangerous than no shark at all. Are we cool yet? Speaking of aquatic creatures you can't see, SCP-2256 was a species of massive sea creatures that grew to over 1,000 meters in height, resembling spindly, vertically elongated giraffes with dish-shaped feet. They would roam the South Pacific Ocean alone or in groups as large as 2,000. Their primary anomalous trait, aside from their size, was their anti-memetic quality a sort of camouflage that inhibited other sentient beings from perceiving or remembering their presence. They rarely approached land despite this protection, but due to their size, if one were capable of perceiving them, they could see part of the creatures sticking out of the water. The natives of an island in Polynesia used a substance for both recreational and religious purposes that functioned as a nestic, the opposite of an amnestic allowing them to see the creatures. They believed the creatures to be spirits sent by the gods to maintain the horizon and prevent the sea and the sky from mixing. Although they were seen as friendly and well-meaning creatures, they didn't always do their job, resulting in storms and typhoons. The Foundation eventually learned of 2256's existence and began an investigation, They learned that this anti-memetic quality extended to any records kept about the creatures, in varying degrees. Photographs didn't capture them at all, and the negatives quickly faded into transparency, along with videos, audio recordings, scans, etc. 2256's population began to decline in the years afterwards, and eventually the Foundation created a field generator that allowed a conventional photograph to be taken. The creature photographed instantly died, and so it seems that observation of the creatures seems to be directly harmful to them, and the Foundation's investigations were causing their population to die off. By the time the Foundation decided to drastically scale back observation of the creatures, it was too late, and the last of 2256 died a few years later. The recorded information about the creatures kept by the Foundation is also decaying, as their anti-memetic effect spreads, and it seems that in a few years, no information about the extinct species will exist. That's pretty sad, so let's switch back to horror. SCP-1128 is an entity that appears as a large aquatic predator, but only after someone is given a full description of its appearance verbally, written, or in a picture. Once someone is aware of exactly what 1128 looks like, if they are ever fully submerged in water, they will disappear, regardless of the depth of the water. In most cases, they will reappear moments later, panicking and frantically trying to leave the water. 
They report that they were transported to a vast ocean where they were chased by SCP-1128. In cases where the individual doesn't reappear, the water will become filled with blood and debris matching the individual's remains. Amnestics are enough to treat people infected with this condition, as it forces them to forget the entity's appearance. The Foundation infected a D-Class and sent them in, recording their experience. We really learned two things from their experiments. That the entity is large enough to eat whales, and that infected individuals are being transported to an actual location on Earth that is now being quarantined by the Foundation. Repeated testing with the same D-Class showed that the effect became gradually stronger, causing the D-Class to see the entity in practically any body of water. Eventually, the D-Class was violently pulled into a glass of water somehow, and no remains were recovered. Another sea creature with an interesting defense mechanism is SCP-252, a subspecies of Humboldt squid that's noticeably smaller than average. They lack an ink sac, and instead have an increased density of chromatophores, cells in the skin that are capable of producing rapidly varying colors. When threatened or agitated, 252 will use these cells to convince observers that it has altered its body into a gigantic aquatic creature up to 75 meters tall. It will seem to grow a large number of appendages, ranging from tentacles to insectoid pincers to humanoid arms and legs ending in talons. There will also be a cluster of tentacles around its mouth. Pretty much all animal life will proceed to instantly flee from 252, potentially harming themselves in the process, and will very likely develop a phobia of cephalopods in the aftermath. Even video footage of 252 is noted as being moderately frightening, although the effect doesn't quite work the same, and comes off as appearing fake. The Foundation at first was convinced that 252 was a highly dangerous and destructive anomaly, but after learning about its effect, have now reclassified them as safe, not even bothering to hunt down any others in the wild. Perhaps the most notable aquatic SCP, aside from 3000, is SCP-835, but I'll warn you that it's definitely a little bit gross, and certainly dark. 835 appears to be a large mass of coral-like polyps, weighing in excess of 100 tons. It is incapable of moving, but it uses a number of large tentacles projecting from the polyps to anchor itself as well as to gather food. These tentacles are coated with a sticky adhesive substance, and are strong enough to damage plate steel. 835's mass is extremely hard, requiring diamond drills to even take samples, and is continuing to grow in mass by 50 pounds per day. It is susceptible to many chemicals, however, which the Foundation is using to halt its growth. Several times per day, 835 emits a large amount of semi-liquid material consisting of semi-digested solids, fecal matter, and seminal fluid, and also containing several forms of bacteria, viruses, and parasites, many unique to 835. These seem to cause some sort of pretty bad infection, as it's the Foundation's main reason for containing 835 
and they're concerned that if they crack open 835, there would be a great outburst of this slurry. Rather than getting a log of some hapless D-class getting thrown inside of it, we instead get an after-action report written by an MTF member when 835 was first retrieved from an ocean. It only had a mass of four tons at the time, and so a team of four from MTF Zeta-9, Mole Rats, was sent in to check it out. The report is being written up by the team leader, Lieutenant C, and they state that 835 was not hostile during their initial approach, allowing the team to begin investigating its exterior. The youngest team member, Corporal H, was ordered to stay outside 835 while the others checked out what they thought to be the entrance to the entity. He soon alerted the others with cries for help, saying that he was being dragged by the tentacles towards some sort of mouth. The lieutenant's professionalism breaks down at this point while writing about how the corporal was just a kid on his first mission, and they should have kept an eye on him. The thing the others thought was an entrance turned out to be just a cave, while the real entrance to 835 was a big polyp on one end. Other agents topside tried to activate a winch to pull the corporal out, but the wire snapped and he was pulled into 835. Some data is expunged, but it seems the lieutenant attempted to grab the corporal and have topside pull them both out, but this also failed, and now both are inside 835. The lieutenant describes the experience as like when a doctor shoves a camera up inside of someone, and says that some sort of muscular contractions are pushing the two of them further in. They were held tight enough that they couldn't move, and if not for their hard suits, they would have been easily crushed. The corporal had vomited in his suit, and was sobbing. The lieutenant calculates at their current rate of movement, they'll come out the other side in 72 hours, assuming they did, but they'd be dead before then if the powered heating went out in their suits. The bottom of the ocean is pretty cold, and so they needed to turn their heaters down to minimal power to prolong it for as long as possible. They spent a day like that, unable to move a muscle, near freezing. The corporal started talking again, but the data is again expunged. About 24 hours in, they reached something akin to a stomach, and they turned their suits back to full power as they fell into a chamber big enough for the two of them to fit comfortably. Unfortunately, this chamber seemed to contain a caustic agent that began burning through their suits so they quickly made for what the lieutenant calls a sphincter. They also remark that the stomach insides were lined with something, but the data is again expunged, and they are pulled by the corporal through the sphincter. They fall into a place apparently worse than the stomach, filled with something quite awful, enough to squick out the lieutenant so badly they almost passed out. The opening on the other side was closed shut, so they waited there until it would open up, much more data is expunged, the lieutenant wrestles with something, tentacles are involved, and then the lieutenant was expelled out of 835 back into the ocean. A couple more things are expunged at the end of the report, and that's that. Obviously, we want to know a lot more about what happened, and fortunately we have access to the original files. 
We learn a few new things in the uncensored document about the containment procedures and qualities of 835. The Foundation feeds the entity twice a day, typically other aquatic species, but it seems that 835 is capable of entering a hostile rage state. This is apparently a big enough deal that they've authorized the feeding of humans to 835, which calm it down. More disturbing, 835 itself is composed of basic human biological components, with the shell being formed from super-dense calcium, the hard caps on the polyps coated with tooth enamel, and its tentacles formed from mutated tongue cells. Most of a human's biological systems are present throughout the entity, but they showcase extreme mutation, and the digestive and reproductive systems are linked to one another. Most alarming, however, are the effects of that infectious slurry that 835 keeps spitting out. If a vertebrate animal comes into contact with this slurry, they'll generally proceed to undergo a series of symptoms. They'll begin to increase in weight, generally 10 to 20 pounds a day, and feel constant hunger, as well as an urge to consume odd items, including raw meat, grass, and wood. Their skin will begin to calcify and harden, and polyps will form across their body. They will become more aggressive as their intelligence and mobility decrease, and they will develop an urge to enter seawater as most of their biological systems atrophy. In the end, they'll become another 835 entity in 68% of cases, and the Foundation has yet to find a way to halt this process. This is their main cause for concern with 835, as an unchecked spread of that infectious slurry could result in a world-ending scenario. Finally, we have the uncensored after-action report, which reveals a few more horrible details. The lieutenant is revealed to be female, and while inside of the stomach area of 835, she saw that it was lined with human faces each of them screaming and begging for her to kill them. She pulled out her gun and started shooting them before the corporal dragged her away. While the two waited to be dumped out of 835, the corporal began complaining about an awful smell, and she checked his suit, finding a hole in it. She patched it and told him not to worry about it, but then noticed red things growing on his face. They soon began to burst, splattering blood across his faceplate, and he proceeded to scream and beg the lieutenant to shoot him. She put the gun to his head, but she had used up all her ammo shooting at the faces in the stomach. Tentacles burst out of his face and grabbed her, trying desperately to find a way into her suit. She managed to kick the corporal back into the stomach area, where he proceeded to melt, and he admitted he loved her before dying. She confesses at the end of the log that her suit didn't make it out intact, and she didn't even notice until she made it back to her room and saw red blotches across her skin. She finishes by telling her superiors to not bother with decontaminating the ship she's on, but instead just destroy it and leave the wreck on top of the entity so that her and the corporal can be together, just like he wanted. The sea holds many wonders some fascinating, some terrifying, some mystifying, and some dangerous. 
This goes for both the SCP universe, as you can see, as well as our own world. From the early days of humanity where sailors would spread grand tales about the sea in both drunken exuberance as well as hushed whispers, to our modern world of underwater expeditions and seafloor mapping, the oceans still hold their mysteries. Although there are nearly as many SCPs beneath the sea level as above it, I hope I've at least showcased some interesting ones.